Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. Earlier this week, I was asked a question in our chat here. And by the way, if you have questions for me, put them in the chat or leave them. Email me at tom at tomthepreacher.com, and I'd love to be able to answer them. But I was asked a question, which might be the best question you could ever be asked. And that is, why do you believe in Jesus? It's kind of a pointed question, isn't it? And if you might, you might say, well, I've always believed in Jesus, or you might even ask them, well, why wouldn't you believe in Jesus? I mean, most people do at least intellectually believe Jesus existed. But the question is, it's a deeper faith. It's, it's not just why do you believe he was a historical figure? That's pretty obvious. He's the most historically validated figure of ancient history. But the deeper question might be, well, what's, what, why do you personally believe in him? And I have two answers for this, that if someone were to ask you that question. The first one is just personal. I would share what Jesus means to you. I would share how he's been with you at a personal experience, if, especially if there's a time when Jesus was especially important or especially close to you. Indeed, we wish... Every one of us wishes that just every moment of every day, it's like he was right there. And some people experience that more than others. If you don't, that doesn't mean you're not saved or you don't know him or whatever. There's times when he seems like so close and other times when it's just, you know, you know, he's there, you know, he loves you, you love him, he's guiding your life, but it's like the experience of him is not quite as intimate as at other times. Think of some of those times when he's really been meaningful to you. Maybe it was in the midst of a crisis. Maybe it was in the midst of a personal challenge. Maybe it's when you were suffering, and Jesus becomes very, very real to you. I know my wife back in 2004 went through a long, extended period of illness, and and she came out of that. Uh, she didn't like it. It wasn't in a good time. It was tough on her, on the family, and all of us. But she came out of that time so close to the Lord that she sometimes says she wonders if she even ever knew him beforehand. That's what I'm talking about, an experience where Jesus became real to you in a way deeper or more personal than before. If you've had an experience like that, share it with somebody. Don't hide it. Don't keep it under a bushel. If they say, why do you believe in Jesus? You can say, you can say well, you know, I, I know he's there, and I experience him in a, in, in a certain way all the time, but there have been some times I've needed his presence, and I experienced him in a very deep, personal way. Let me tell you about that, and then tell the person about that. People who want to know about Jesus, lots of times, they're not looking for religion, and they're not looking for a theology or a new belief system. They're looking to experience God. They want to experience God. And if you can think of some times in your life where Jesus was particularly close and you experienced his closeness, be able to share that. If you need to practice it, practice it. If you need to write down some of the feelings you had or some of the experiences, write them down. Be ready to share it. Because if someone asks you that question, you want to be able to answer it. Because that's a good question. Why do you believe in Jesus? And I want to say something also about answering questions. Lots of times we're afraid to share our faith because we're afraid we'll be asked a question we can't answer or that we couldn't answer it as well as we should answer it. 
And I want to take away that fear from you right now by simply saying you don't always have to have the answer immediately. You don't always have to have it off the cuff. Some people, me, I speak pretty well extemporaneously, but a lot of people don't. And there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean your answer is not good or that you can't give it. If someone asks you a difficult question that you don't have the answer to right off the top of your head, say, you know, that's such a good question. I'd like to think about that a little bit and get back with you on it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. You can say, you could tell them, I've got some thoughts right off the top of my head, but I want to think about that one. That's a great question. And then get back with the person and give them your well thought out example or your well thought out answer to what they've asked. It's going to be important and you want to do that, okay? But the second way I would answer in addition to a personal testimony example of why you believe in Jesus or why I believe in Jesus or how how he's been with me in a very personal way at certain times in my life when I really needed his closeness. Um, the other thing I would add is, why do I believe in Jesus? And this is a bit more what they can helping them to do something themselves is I say, well, it's because I've read the story about Jesus. I've read the, I've read what is written about him in the Bible. You know, in Romans 10, 15, it says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Here's a very simple principle. People can't believe what they don't know. Stop and think about that. No one can believe what they don't know. I sometimes ask people, if you wanted to become a Christian, would you know how to do it? A lot of people don't know how to become a Christian. And so even if they want to become one, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. And, and why don't they know? Because they've never heard. You can't know what you don't believe. There's other people who don't believe in Jesus. Why? They haven't heard about him. Or what they've heard has not been sufficient enough to understand who he is and what it would mean to believe in him. I think one of the most important things that we can do in evangelism is get someone to actually read the New Testament. And I often ask people if they've read the Bible themselves. You know, if they ask me that question, well, how do you, why do you believe what you believe, or why do you believe in Jesus, or how do you know, or things of this nature? I, or even, by the way, if they come at me with skepticism, and they tell me, you know, the Bible's this, or the Bible's full of this, or the Bible's got errors or problems or whatever. I ask if they've ever read the Bible. And like 99.9% of the times, the answer is, well, I've read parts of it. And by that, they mean they probably started in Genesis and got to a genealogy and gave up. Or maybe they made it all the way to the instructions on how to build the tabernacle, and then they gave up. Or they might have tried to read Revelation at some point. And, and uh, you know, got confused by that. Or maybe they were assigned to read the, the, the book of Job at some point, which is a common assignment in, uh, if, if they're going to read the Bible in an English class or something, it's probably going to be the book of Job, which gets people confused about why is that going on? They come up with all kinds of wrong interpretations of it. Bottom line is this, most people haven't read the Bible. They haven't read the New Testament. No wonder they don't believe in Jesus. You cannot believe what you have do not know. If you have not heard, how could you believe? That's the question. If they've not heard, how can they believe? So if someone were to ask me why I believe in Jesus, in addition to sharing some aspects of how he's been 
personal to me and why I know him in a personal way, how he has been for me experientially. In my case, the major reason I became a Christian was I started reading the Bible. I share a little bit about that. I say, you know, way back when I was in high school, I'd gone to church, I'd heard about Jesus, but I never actually read the New Testament for myself. Prior to reading the New Testament, I believed in Jesus intellectually. I acknowledged he he was there. I, I never really doubted his existence. I don't think I even doubted, ever doubted that the way he taught about life was the best way to live. And in terms of whether the miracles were real or not, I don't know if I ever really thought about it. I just kind of, well, they're written there. Are they true or not? I don't know. But when I sat down in high school one summer looking for a book to read, and and I decided, I think I'll read the New Testament. I've never read it yet. It became alive to me in ways I'd never, it never had before in church, Sunday school, or vacation Bible school. It really became alive to me. And I've become convinced from that, that if a person who has any one of a genuine, honest desire to know will sit down and read the accounts of Jesus in the Gospels, it'll have a mighty impact upon their life. And Knowing about the life of Jesus, they kind of do what they do what I did. I just say, I believe this. I believe what I'm reading. I've known so many people who who have never had any even any religious background, any Christian background. And I challenge them, I, I say, read the New Testament for yourself. Read the account of Jesus and simply ask yourself as you read, do you believe it? And and they'll say, Well, how do I know whether I believe it? I just say, just read it. And see, because believing is a function the Holy Spirit helps you believe, helps you comprehend, helps you know. And I am of the deep belief that if a person will actually read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or that before they even get to John, they probably will say, there's something in them, I believe this. Now, I usually, I want to help them get a translation that's easy to understand I usually say to them, if you like Shakespeare, then read the the, the the free versions out there, the King James Version. You can find those, you know, and people hand them out for free because the copyright's long long expired. But if you want, if you don't, if you're not wild about Shakespeare, you don't understand Shakespeare easily, that type language, that type grammar, then get a modern translation. You, you can give it to a person. You can help them find online for free, or you can find, they can buy them for a couple bucks somewhere. Find a modern translation. Start in the beginning, start of the New Testament. Don't start in the beginning of the Bible. Start in the beginning of the New Testament. Why do I believe in Jesus? Well, let me tell you. All that's written in the life of Jesus in my big Bible here is about 100 pages. Stop and think about that. That's not that much. A lot of people read 100 pages in a day or two of something. And I point out you could spend the next couple days and read in the Gospels, in the Bible, all that's written directly about the life of Jesus. It's not that hard. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're scared about a th- genealogy, you can skip the first 17 or so verses in Matthew and then get it right into the birth of Jesus, the wise men, the, 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 the temptation in the wilderness, the Sermon on the Mount. I think people will find that to be fascinating if they just give it a shot. You can't believe what you don't know. And and as they read, ask God, you pray for them and encourage them. Pray and say, God, if you want me to believe this, help me to know. Help me to know in my soul that this is what you want for me. 
I pray there'll be a great out, a great reading of the scripture. I can't think of anything better. I think one of the worst things that ever happened in the United States was when Bible reading was kind of ruled out of the picture. You're not allowed to do it in the classroom, the school. How do, how do people have a chance to hear it anymore? Oh, they can go to church, but so many don't anymore. They could find it online, but so many don't. And th- this is where we need to be doing more and more evangelism. But, um, but if you get a, per- get a Bible in a person's hands, pray for them, get them to read it. It'll change their life. Why do I believe in Jesus? I read the account of him. I read it, and deep in my soul, I just said, I believe it's true. And it changed my life forever. As a result of it going from my head to my heart, shall we say, from just intellectually acknowledging it to say, I believe this. In my soul, I believe this. I was born again, made new. My life's never been the same. I trust that's your experience as well. Let's pray that that will be the case for many, many others. Who do you know? Who do you know who wonders about you, wonders why you believe what you believe, but has never actually read the New Testament? You could buy one for a couple bucks somewhere, get one online, give it to them and say, you know, this book changed my life. I don't know if you ever read it. I'd like to give you a copy. Maybe you'll have the chance sometime to read it yourself. If you ever feel a need for God, the answer is right here. Give them that New Testament and see how it changes their life. Father in heaven, We bless you and thank you today for the power of the Word of God. There's never been someone like Jesus. There's never been anyone speak the way he spoke. And there's in these short gospels, it's not a long, long novel. It's not not a big hundreds of pages in the gospels. It's just so short, but it's so life-changing. Lord, I pray for people that this fall when I'm on the campus, I pray as we distribute Bibles, there'd be multitudes of young people to go read the Gospels and be saved. I pray, Lord, for each one of us who are on here today and listening today. What friends do we have? Lord, help us bring to our mind what friends we might have, that just giving them a, a New Testament and, and praying for them might change the whole direction of their life and of their eternity. We thank you and bless you. In Jesus' name, 